Let's turn our Bibles to Luke 15 this morning. Good to see you today. And I hope that you'd pray for the Shemesh as they're heading back to Thailand um, this week. Pray for them as they head over. Heard great things about the ladies meeting yesterday as well. Appreciate the ladies coming and hope that was a blessing to you all. Let's pray for them as they head back this week. And uh, I want you to turn as well to Ephesians chapter 2. So Luke 15 will be the, the majority of our time here this morning. But uh, Ephesians chapter 2 as well. And I think when, when you think about life, it's often pictured like a journey. All of us here, when we were born into this life, we were heading a certain course, a certain way. And if you're saved here, really, you're already on a U-turn. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we are to repent, and repentance is a change of mind. It's a bit of a U-turn, and you're now heading a, a certain way, a, a different course to the rest of the world. And the Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter 2, where the Bible says in verse 1, And you hath he quickened, who are dead in trespasses and sins. Notice this, where in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. And so this world in its natural state, in its natural way, is heading a, a certain course, a certain way. And notice this, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And so there's a certain way that, that the, this world in their lost state is heading, and there's a, there's a course to run. But you understand that when you, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then actually we've made a bit of a U-turn. We're heading... Uh, upstream against the grain. And there's a certain course and a certain path that all of us are meant to follow. And what we find, though, in, in life is that this Christian life, you know, Jesus called himself the way. He's not just the way, he's a way of life. And we're supposed to live, live a certain way for the Lord as, as his children, as believers, but I think all of us here would understand that over the course of time, sometimes in this life we can get a little distracted. We can get a little mixed up and muddled in the direction that we're supposed to take. And if we're not careful, we suddenly get off track. And I know that I think about my own life, there's been times when I've gotten off track in the things that I'm meant to be following the Lord for. And, you know, life is a little bit of a journey. Sometimes we get a little off track. I remember a couple of years ago, my family and I were heading over to youth camp, and that year we had changed the month. It was meant to be, though usually we, we have youth camp around January, but for whatever reason, we could only uh, find a, a, a campsite during the April um, school holidays. So we were off to uh, towards the Canberra, uh, a campsite that we had, um, we had hired there for youth camp. And we were heading down, and we had just gotten a new car to us. It was a used car, and it was a couple of years old, and the GPS hasn't, hasn't uh, been updated for a while. And so we were following that along, and, and we were going down the highway, and suddenly it told us to turn right into this, this sort of off street, and I figured, well, if it's a quicker way, then I'd rather that, right? So I'm thinking, well, might have found a shortcut, so we were heading there, and Along the way, it started to get a little bit strange. It, it started to, the road started to end, and it was a bit of a gravel road. Now, at this point, you know, I should have probably listened to my wife, but who listens to their wife when they're driving, right? And so she's looked at me, and she said, uh, are you sure you should go this way? And I said, yeah, look, the GPS is telling me this way. So we kept going. Then suddenly we got, got into the, the bush, and it was, 
It wasn't even gravel roads anymore. It was a dirt track. And I, I kept going. I'm thinking, well, it's, it's an it's a SUV we've got. It'll take it. You know, let's test the limits out of this new vehicle. And we started going, and it got darker, and it got gloomier, and suddenly it started raining. And at that point, I was thinking, well, we can make it. And my wife was going, no, no, we should turn around. We should turn around. And, you know, uh, being the typical man that I am, I didn't listen. I just kept going. But then suddenly my, my kids started piping up from the back. And, you know, it's, you know, it gets scary when the kids start saying stuff. They said, Dad, should we start praying now? <laughs> and, and you wouldn't know it, but the timing there, the, the music we were listening to, Suddenly the song changed to, Lord, I'm coming home. <laughs> and what I realized was the, the, the bush that we were going through, the woods there, it was actually a Belangolo forest where the, the infamous Ivan Malat had, you know, deposited his victims. And so finally enough, I turned around, we found our way to youth camp and all ended well. But, you know, all of the trepidation, all of that, I, I probably could have saved myself and my family if I had just listened to some warnings. And, you know, I think sometimes in the course of life and, and as we're traveling down life's highway a little bit, we get off track and we get a little distracted. And yet God in his goodness and graciousness to us, he often tries to get us back on track. You know, too many times when we are going down uh, life's journey where we're, we are being warned. We are being told that, hey, perhaps you should consider the way that you're going. And, and too many times we can get in our, own, uh, in our own pride, perhaps in our own perceived wisdom, perhaps listening to our own voice, we can get off track. And before we know it, we're somewhere else rather than somewhere where God's leading us to be. And uh, you, you remember sometimes the the, that, that in life, distractions and in life when we're not listening to the voice of God and we're not listening for specific direction in our lives, there, there are going to be times where we're going to feel a little lost in our way, a little off track. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 119, verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. You know that old hymn where it says, we're prone to wonder, Lord, we know it. Prone to leave the God we love. And we are prone that way as sheep to sort of get distracted along the way and, and sometimes become detoured and diverted from the course that, that Christ has called us to. And when we detour and get off track, we oftentimes we might lose sight of who we are in Christ. And as Christians, we don't become lost like we were prior to salvation. We can, though, get off track from the will of God. We can get off track from the direction we're supposed to be heading that will lead to the blessing and the fulfillment that we all are looking for. And, you know, there, there are certain symptoms that we ought to be mindful about when we start to get off track. We might have a feeling of uneasiness. You know, you ever get lost and you sort of stop, stop, uh, really, the familiarity around you, there's a little, little loss, you're unfamiliar with your surroundings, and maybe you have a lack of confidence in your current direction, started to question, well, am I really headed the right way? 
Maybe you're wandering aimlessly and are confused. You always know those who are tourists around the city, right? They're looking around. They're not from around here. And they're walking around aimlessly and confused. Sometimes you're considering asking for directions, but feel embarrassed about admitting that you need help. Can I get an amen from the men, right? You'd rather not ask. But suddenly you can fool yourself into thinking that you're okay and don't need help. No, that is all of those feelings, you're off track. And so many Christians are like that, I think, in every day. And what's happened is that perhaps you followed the wrong path to who you are in Christ. Maybe you've detoured a little bit and it's led you astray. And, you know, I've seen it in young people. I've seen it in young people as they listen to their own voice, as they listen to their own ambition. Instead of surrendering, like we heard this morning in the song, Instead of asking which way to go, I've seen it in marriages that just continually, day in, day out, just default into the next day. Into, and there's no purpose, there's no planning, there's no sense of where does God want us to be and what does God want us to do. I see it in those in ministry who just day in, day out, they're just in, in this, this mode of just being in duty. They're just going through it and they're going through the motions and suddenly they've just sort of just gotten off track. And so the question is, if we can get off track, how do we get back on track? What are some things we can do to perhaps write our course as we pursue God's plan for our life? And I'm going to take it for granted this morning, church, that that is your desire, that you do desire to know and understand the will of God for your life and the path that you're meant to follow. And I think a great example of that is the parable that we read about here in Luke chapter 15. So turn that back there with me in Luke 15 and we see here the, the parable of the prodigal, and uh, you know we, we often perhaps have heard about this this uh, this certain son who had uh, who, who who got his inheritance a little early, asked for it, and then he went off and, and wasted it with riotous living. The Bible says, and then he goes about, he spends all that he has, and finally enough, he comes to himself in verse seventeen. And really, when we think about this story, we can think about the prodigal there suddenly awakening to the fact that he had lost track, had he'd gone off track. And we can learn some lessons about perhaps when we get to that point of realizing, well, we're a little bit off track here. And I hope that you would just take in mind the, the things that we learned this morning. And maybe you aren't off track, but I'll tell you, this world will throw everything at you to get you off track. And you might find yourself there one day. And so... I hope that you'd pay attention a little bit this morning, and I want to tell you how to get back on track. Firstly, really simple, he had to come to himself. He had to wake up to the fact that he was off track. So firstly, if you're going to get get on the right track, if you're going to get back on track, you're going to need to recognize that you are off track. Does that make sense? You know, if you can't admit to yourself when you're on a journey that you're actually lost, then you're just going to keep going merrily along and, and without even any kind of uh, sense of maybe you're heading the wrong way. So you've got to firstly recognize that you're off track. And I'm thankful that as we read this story, that at least for this young man who had gone way off track into the far country, that at least at some point he woke up to himself. You know, I think the sad reality is that too many people, too many Christians They've not woken up. In fact, they're in a bit of a daydream in their life. And they're just going about their day-to-day without realizing they're actually way off track to what God wanted them to do. 
And too many times we just have to start here. We've got to recognize that you are off track. And you know, the, in the first place, the son here, he stopped fooling himself and realized where he was really at, his true condition. And I wonder if you would just at least a little bit here this morning, just think about the, the many ways that God is trying to get your attention so that you would just stop fooling yourself into thinking that you're, you're not too bad, that you're not that off track, and perhaps just recognize that you might be on a little bit of a detour with what God would have you to do this morning. Maybe because of the, the, the things of sin and pride and maybe selfishness in your life and maybe other things that are just simple things that have distracted us that may not necessarily be the worst things but may not be the best things for you as far as God would have you to be. And, and you know, God will often do that. And, and you know, we've had this, this uh, whole time last week. What a contrast to this week. Beautiful day today, a little humid, but at least not raining, right? So far, good point. But last week we were inundated with rain and there were road closures and and there was, it was really difficult, wasn't it, to just sort of go down different roads without warning. But you know, God in His goodness to us, He doesn't stop warning us. And in fact, He, he often will allow certain things to, to come. And you know, the first thing that we know about, obviously, is, is the Scriptures. And, and, and you know, sometimes God will tell us to just stop through Scripture. Stop going that way. You know, if you see a stop in God's Word, that's usually a good sign that you are off track. If God's giving you a stop, then you just better obey the lollipop man of the Word of God and, and just stop and just realize, hey, I'm off track. And, um, and, and then sometimes God will say, hey, there's some hazards along the way and you might want to slow down. You might want to just take a take a little bit of your the gas off the you know take a little bit of your foot off the gas there a little bit and slow down and be careful. There's some dangers ahead, and God's word will do that. But sometimes God will use others. And I think about this story, and I think about the, the relationship that this son had with his brother. You know, this uh, this prodigal had another uh, another one in the house, his brother. And sometimes God will use others to sort of help you. And I can't, I can't ima I can imagine the conversation that the older brother perhaps had with the younger brother who said, hey, listen, you got your inheritance. What are you going to do with it? And the younger one says, you know, I'm going to party it up and I'm going to live it up and I'm going to go to the far country. And, you know, um, the, the older brother perhaps, he said, why don't you stay here? I'm going to stay here. And you can see perhaps that conversation playing out in there. But, you know, sometimes God will use the church. Sometimes God will use someone that cares about you greatly to sort of help you realize, hey, listen, you're off track. And you know what we might do in that situation is choose then to ignore it or choose to just keep going anyway. And you better be careful when you start to do that. And, you know, sometimes we're so preoccupied with our own plan, our own ambition that, we're, that God in His goodness and His grace He's given us His Word. He's given us the, those who would preach. He's given us those that perhaps who care about us greatly, who are seeing the dangers ahead and seeing the danger that you're headed towards. And they're trying to warn you. And you're not paying attention. You know, often God warns us. And I think about the Scriptures here. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. 
Proverbs chapter 1, if you follow along quickly, we will go quickly this morning. Proverbs 1, look at verse 22. Notice what he says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. He says, turn you at my reproof. That's his warning. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Verse 24, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish cometh upon you. You know, all of those that we just read about in verses 26 to 27, it was avoidable. But the problem was that, that there was some counsel, some reproof. There was some signage along the way. And he's saying, you've put it to naught. You've ignored it. All of those things I put before you that said, you're going the wrong way. And so firstly, perhaps recognize that you are off track. And you've got to be honest with yourselves. And, and we've got to be honest with ourselves and admit when we're not going where God wants us to go. You know, the prodigal was in the far country before he finally listened. And I want to ask you this question. What, what's it going to take you before you pay attention to God's warnings? What's it going to take? You know, God understands how to get to us. God understands how to get to our attention. And for the prodigal, I'm glad he finally got to it, but it, it had to take him going to the far country where he was starving and destitute. I wonder what it's going to take us. And so if you're going to get back on track, the first thing we need to do is recognize that you're off track. Then the next thing you need to do then is to reevaluate your direction. Because what we see here in, in the prodigal's estimation is that he, was, he had somewhere better to go. Look at verse 17 again. He says, when he came to himself, he said, and he started to think. And, and before this, he stopped thinking about his father says, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? You know, when he realized that he was off track, he then had to reevaluate, secondly, his direction. You know, the prodigal reevaluated where he was headed now to where he should have been heading then. And he said, back then, even the, the hired servants of my father's had bread enough to eat. He started to recall how good life was in his father's house. And so he set his course back to his father's house. You know, the Bible tells us in Revelation 2.5, it says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. You know, sometimes we just need to reevaluate the way we're going and reevaluate the, the cost of it and, and see the uneasiness and see the discomfort and the lack of peace and start to remember where it used to be, where it was. And, and, and oftentimes it's just going back to somewhere familiar, going back perhaps to that closeness and that fellowship that we ought to have with the Word of God. Going back to a faithfulness to come along and be part of. And you know, this church in Ephesus who left her first love, it was just simple. Remember from where you fell and repent. You know what that is? Take a U-turn. Go back and, and reevaluate what direction you're heading. But Christian, this is a daily evaluation really of your relationship with God. 
you know, so many times the Bible says, consider yourself. And, you know, too often we're good at pointing things out about others, but not so good at looking at our own path to see if we've detoured and we need to take a U-turn, to do a, a bit of a turnaround. The Bible encourages us in Proverbs 4.26, says, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. You know, if you recognize that you're not where you're supposed to be, if you recognize that you're off track, then reevaluate the direction you're taking and take a turn. Go back to where it was. And, and you know, in this moment, at times, God will chasten us for redirection. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. And notice with me verse 5. It says here, And ye have, ye have forgotten the exhortation which, which speaketh unto you as unto the children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? You know, the, the whole concept of chastening in the Bible is for correction. It's not to punish you. You know, when you're going the wrong way, God will at times chasten you so that you would just reevaluate where you're going. He'll reevaluate to, to, to remind you that, that, hey, this, you go further, it's going to be worse. You go further, it's going to be a heavier loss in you. And, and, and oftentimes God will even create blockades in our lives to course correct us. And the prodigal evaluated where he was heading. And you know what the good thing was? He realized there was a better way. He realized that back then, boy, he had the plenty, the plentiful supplies of his father. Boy, he had all of those that, that really all of the things that he had was the envy of many. And he, he was well and truly at this point chastened. He had nothing. And he reasoned that he had a much better time and a much better place if he just started to go back towards his father. And I want to ask you, you know, if, if, if where you're at today, just, just think about where you're at. If, if there was a better day, if you've had better days with the Lord, then, then maybe today you just would reevaluate the direction you're taking. If there were days where you understood more about what God would have for you. And then you need to thirdly, as we think about reevaluating the direction that we're taking, we need to, you need to recalculate your, your destination. And so he says in verse 18, he takes some action. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him. You know what? He got himself up. He turned himself around and he went. He recalculated his destination. You know, often God simply wants you to start heading a different way to where he wants you to go. I think about Paul. You know, Paul in Acts chapter 16, we won't take the time to turn there, but he was trying to get somewhere. And the Bible says that, that he was forbidden by the Holy Ghost. God kept telling him no. God kept telling him no, stop there. And then suddenly he had that Macedonian call and then off he went. You know what God often does? And, you know, sometimes we think, well, God just keeps blocking my way. Listen, it might just be that God's doing that because He wants you to 
recalculate your destination. Think about where you're heading and think about where he actually wants you to head to. And, you know, if you're headed the wrong direction, then chances are you're headed to the wrong destination. I told the young adults this last year during our, during our, our retreat over there in the Gold Coast. You know, God's will isn't just a destination, it's a direction. And, but often your direction will lead you to the right destination. And too many times we're, we're recalculating the way we're supposed to take, but we're not thinking down the road, where does this head? What does this end up with? And there came to a point in the prodigal's thinking when he realized he needed to change course and shoot for a destination that will bring him home. You know, the Bible tells us that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And, and sometimes we're, we're looking down, we're not looking far enough. Where does this end? How does this turn out for me? And, and God, He's not one that will just sort of keep blocking you. He's not one that will keep it a mystery to you. Listen, if you seek Him, you'll find Him, right? And, and he's, a, he's a God who's available to you and I. We can search for Him in His Word. We can seek Him for direction in life. We can seek Him for destination. And yet too many times we're just go, going along and we're just sort of not even thinking. I believe when God saved me, my destination changed forever. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad that, that one day as, as God allows, as, even as I live this life, that one day my destination will be heaven. But, you know, there's a destination here. There's a destiny that I'm supposed to take uh, to, uh, take path, uh, path to and that's His will for my life. And we've got to purposely then redirect when we've got, come off track. And it takes a plan of action. It takes a plan of commitment. It takes the mentality of the Apostle Paul who says, I pressed toward the mark. He had a commitment. And I want to ask you this morning, where are you headed? If you lived your life with the same passion, faith, and commitment to Christ that you have today for the next five years, where would you be in five years' time? That's just five years. Five years comes and goes. Where will you be? What will your life look like? If you lived the same way for the next five years, what will that look like? And you know, it's something that I often ask myself because we've got a destination. And, and times we've got to recalculate that if we're going to get back on track. And it, notice the next thing. Look at verses 22 to 23. So he finally goes, he gets there, and notice what happens. I love that, the, the fact that the father arises, he goes, he sees him, sees him a great way off in verse 20. Sees him and has compassion and runs and, and accepts him. He takes him back. But notice there, then what the father says. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. And put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. father wanted to give him his full blessing. And so he brings the, these others, these servants to come along to, to welcome him, to celebrate his homecoming. And there's this, this offer of help that comes. And here's what I, I want to point out as we, we uh, close off. We, if we're going to, if we're going to, get back on track. We need to respond to any offer of help. You know, here what we see is his father forgave and then he appointed others to help him be restored. I, 
I think about the, the situation in John chapter 11, verse 44, about Lazarus. You know, when, when, when Jesus came, Lazarus was well and truly dead. Do you remember that story? And, and in verse 44, after the fact, after he raises Lazarus from the dead, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, does it them, loose him and let him go. There were a bunch of people who helped Lazarus out of his grave clothes. There were those that, that came with to the prodigal and helped him be restored. And, you know, God wants to help you be restored onto the right path. And so, firstly, I want to say don't resist him. Don't resist him in his word. Don't resist him uh, as he allows that in your life. But then also God may bring others along the way to help point you the right way and help you be restored. So don't resist those that God sends to help you. God gives you perhaps a pastor. God will give you those around you for you young people, some youth workers around, and maybe some older men and women of the faith. Hey, listen, don't resist the help that you're going to get from your church. And God will give you those that will point you the right way, will help you be fully restored. And you need to respond then to God's not just His warnings, corrections, but also God's messengers along your way. And I want, to, I want you to, to, to know, you don't, don't feel like you can't ask God for direction. Don't feel like you can't have God uh, get you back on track. And then, lastly, as we finish this morning, look at verse 24. He says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found, and they began to be merry. You know, he had the rest. I, I like those words there. He was and is. You know, when, when you've gotten back on track, there were those things that was, there will, but there will be things that are, is. And, and the prodigal, the prodigal finally got back on track and he was restored to a place of blessing. You know, the result of restoration, as we read it here, was joy and assurance. And, and here he, he comes along and He's fully restored, and, and what he did, he, what he had was now he had the rest of the story. We don't get a chance to, to hear about it in this parable. But, you know, in your life, you're going to have a further track to follow. And here's what I want to say lastly as we conclude this morning. You need to resume your journey with lessons learned. You know, probably last week, as some of you tried to head home after the, the, the church service, uh, you tried to go down a road that you normally go down, and it was probably closed. You know, how foolish would it be if in that moment you turned around and you went back and you tried that road again? You know what happens? Sometimes in life you go down a track and you see that's not the right track. But here's what I want to say. Don't go back down that track again. You have to resume your journey with lessons learned. And along the way, God has taught you some lessons. Along the way, you could be used of God to teach others that lesson. But along the way, don't make the same mistake again. Don't go down that again. Learn your lesson and you resume your journey with joy. Avoid the same detours. Help others go along the way to, to avoid those, those, uh, those trouble spots that could get you off track. And I want to say go on living for Christ.
Because at the end of the day, remember, he's not just the way, he's given us a way of life. And if, if we would get back on track, we need to recognize, recognize that we have a path to follow in the Lord Jesus. Recognize that you, maybe you are off track. Reevaluate your direction, recalculate your destination, respond to any offer of help, and then lastly, resume your journey with lessons learned. And, and I want to encourage you, get back on track. Get back on track. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we Lord, just want to thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness and grace this morning. And Father, we, we're so glad that you as a God, you look at our lives and you see the entirety of it. And along the way, you, Lord, you, in your graciousness, you, Lord, you prod us, you warn us, and then you, you allow others to come along to help us just get back to where you would have us to be. So I pray that you'd help us this morning to just perhaps just evaluate our own lives and Lord, if we're off track to then recognize that we are and then lower our pride and humble ourselves before you and then listen to your voice to lead us back to where you would have us, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us, dear God, as a church to, to not lose sight of, Lord, the, the path you would have for us. Lord, of, of the, the, the faithfulness and the fruitfulness that you would have for us for our future. And help us to just, Lord, just to, to be focused in on the path that you would have us to follow. I pray that you just help us, Lord, this morning as we, uh, as we have this time. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. We can have the, the piano playing and have a time of invitation. And I, I mentioned right at the beginning that really Jesus is the way. And maybe in the first place here, there's never been a time where you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I want to ask you this morning if you were to die today. The Bible says that we can't boast of tomorrow for we know not what today may bring forth. And maybe today you just understand that you're heading a certain way. Maybe there's a warning that God would have for you that, that if you go down that way, then it leads to destruction. And if you're not saved, certainly there is that, that path. But today Jesus is the way and, and perhaps with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I want to know today, and I want to, uh, I want to speak to someone about that this morning. Anyone with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'd like to speak to someone about knowing Jesus as my Savior. Is there anyone this morning? All right, well, as the piano plays, why don't we just uh, speak to the Lord this morning? And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what kind of week we've had. I don't know where we're at spiritually, but... I do know this, that there's times where we can get off track. And so I pray that you would just uh, allow the Lord to speak to you this morning as a piano player.